Welcome to another episode of the She Is Grace podcast. My guest today is Tamla Wilson. Hi, Tamla. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. And thanks for asking. So can you please share your profession and other projects that you are involved with? Sure. So my my day job, I like to say, is I'm director of institutional relations at a firm called Bridgeway Capital Management. Oh, wow. I work for an investment management firm. And in my other life, or my, I shouldn't say my, <laughs> life, because they're, they're very integrated. I am an ordained minister, I'm part of the clergy team at Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church. Okay. Hold a doctorate of ministry. And I'm the founder of the Waiting Room Infertility Ministry, as well as a group called Capes Off, which supports women okay. in ministry. My focus is Black women, but I support all women in ministry. And it's really a focus on holistic self-care. Additionally, I do a morning, I put air quotes, show with uh, Rob G., the general, formerly of 97.9 The Box. um, Yes, yes. And we do a spiritually sanitized mix via social media seven days a week, pretty much, uh, Monday through Saturday. I'm also, my other projects are two little boys. um, Oh, wow. (laughs) And that's it. Okay. And I have actually viewed several of your Instagram lives uh, with Rob G as well. And they were very powerful as well. So I know you wear many hats and God is truly using you to uh, reach his people. So that's good. It's good to hear uh, powerful women and what God is, how God is blessing their lives to be a blessing to others. Okay. So can you expound on your, the waiting room ministry? Certainly. Um, I suffered from infertility. I had fibroids. I married late. And so by the time I was ready to have the fibroids finally removed, um, because they say, you know, they don't want to remove them until you're ready to have children. And while a lot of women who I applaud are choosing to have children um, on their own, that was not what I felt God had for me at that time. And so I, um, I opted to wait until I was married um, and, and go the route of, of in vitro. And so I was 40 when I really started trying to have kids. And I learned that I had infertility issues, mo- mostly because um, of my advanced age. So um, I gave a sermon at Wheeler and I gave a little bit of my testimony. By that time, I'd had one child and I was hoping to have a second. And as I was giving my testimony on faith, I was looking out in the congregation, you know, faith and, and, and my infertility journey. And I was looking out in the congregation and I could see women tearing up as I was wow. preaching. And I went to our pastor, Pastor Marcus D. Cosby, Dr. Cosby, and said, you know, God's put it on my heart to start this ministry. And at the same time, he had received an email from his good friend, uh, Reverend Dr. Stacy Edwards. Edwards Dunn from Trinity in Chicago, and she has a uh, ministry or nonprofit called Fertility for Colored Girls. She had also dealt with infertility, and she was telling him, you need to be announcing this, and this is, you know, infertility awareness, and so he told me to go and do. So I created the ministry, founded um, the Waiting Room Infertility Ministry, and we support um, people that are on the journey, because it's for men and women, people that are on the journey. And also people that are just interested in being educated and knowing more 
about fertility or infertility, however, you know, whatever they need. So. Okay. Okay. So do you find that many women are frustrated with the process? Uh, Frustrated, in pain, angry. There's so many emotions on this journey. And I've had a couple of people to tell me that this ministry saved their life. Wow. So powerful. um, Yeah, it's very powerful. And you and I, in our our pre-conversation, you said something to me that really impacted me. And I wanted to let you know that um, I was telling you that I'm still, you know, dealing with trying to discern where God is leading me and what my purpose really is. And you reminded me that I'm already working in my purpose. Wow. You know, and um, that was very encouraging to me. And I shared that with the young lady who um, came to, she listens to us, you know, in the mornings, but she has a ministry of her own and and stuff she's doing of her own, but she was um, dealing with infertility and somebody brought her to one of the symposiums that we host every April. And she told me she fully agreed with you. And she then sent me a message saying how, when she met me, she was in despair wow. and that coming to the symposium had really impacted her. So yeah, there's so many emotions that you deal with. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. I, I forgot I even mentioned that to you. <laughs> so, you know, I can only imagine wanting to conceive and then God is saying no or wait or not now. And, but I think the flip side of it is that it teaches us to be more patient. And it, I know it's difficult because I haven't had the struggle but I also realize that I think sometime in different phases of our lives or different lessons that God is trying to teach us to do something with us spiritually, then he always try to he 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 always tries to um um make us focus more on being patient, being patient for whatever we're asking for as well. So kudos to you for even um starting a ministry. God birthed the ministry out of your um, I don't want to say pain. But he birthed this ministry out of you having to wait for your beautiful young men. So it's a blessing that uh, you're here today in the waiting room. Seem like it's helping women all over. And then, as you said, men as well. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. So why are you so passionate about infertility? Infertility. I know you went through it yourself. But what? why do you think God is really just nudging you to focus on this ministry outside of everything else that you're doing? Well, you said something just now that really um, we share in the ministry. I tell people, of course, we're going to pray for you to have a baby because that's your heart's desire. But we're also going to pray that whatever God is trying to birth in you, that that will come to fruition. So we have one young lady who's now one of the leaders in the ministry, and she will not be able to bear a child. She can still be a mother. So I want to be. Of course, of course. Of course, you know, um, but she cannot. But but as a result of her journey, she has now um, lost over a hundred pounds. Wow! She has started a business um, dealing with gut health because a lot of times, um, the, some of the challenges that we face with infertility are related to just taking care of yourself. You know, and it's not that's not to say you're infertile because you don't take care of yourself, but sometimes you just need to get healthy. And, and and be in a good place, you know, holistically. True. And um, I feel like a lot of times we get so focused on trying to have a baby mm-hmm. and what we what some things we just don't have control over. That was my issue. It wasn't just around patients. It was around, you know, 
thinking that I had control, that I could make something happen because that's how I move. You know, if I want to see something happen, I go do it. And this is the one thing I couldn't just go do, you know, so helping um, other women to recognize that, but really helping them to see that God's got a purpose for you. You know, God wants to see something born out of you. Um, And so that has been one of the things that's kept me so passionate is walking with them because it's also, as you said, around patience, it's, it's growth. It's helping them to mature um, in their walk. And so that is part of, you know, that's part of being a preacher. You know, I want to help people with that. So it's, it's all of those things. And I, I do know the joy of being a parent, but I always ask um, them to think about what it is they really want. Is it that you want to be a mother at all costs? Is it that you really want the experience of being pregnant? Are you okay with, you know, donor eggs or donor sperm? Like you really have to think about what you want if you're okay with adoption, because like I said before, you can be a mother. You just have to decide what it is you really want. And that is so true. And, uh, you know, just to hear you talk about it and your passion, you can hear the passion coming through your voice about how you're passionate about the ministry. So your uh, dissertation was on uh, holistic self-care. Please share why you chose this topic and then elaborate on the self-care as well. Sure. So I I really thought that I had selected this topic because I saw so many women in ministry that were really working hard and and not always taking the best care of themselves. And, you know, as you can imagine, um, being a woman in ministry, mm-hmm. especially depending on your denomination, right. is not as, um, it comes with a little bit more of a challenge than it does right. a lot of times for our brothers. And so seeing you know, what people, what women were dealing with specifically in, in my social location, black women in Baptist right. ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, that was where I focused my um, dissertation because I thought I could be helpful. And it wasn't really until the end of my journey um, when I was working on my, re- my retreat, which was my project for my dissertation. And I was talking to uh, Reverend uh, Juanita Rasmus. And Juanita said to me, like, I, I got her on the phone because I wanted her to open up my retreat and I wanted her to be the fireside chat. And I was talking a mile a minute with her um, and she said, can we just breathe? And I was like, wow, oh, okay. wow, <laughs> I love it. I just stop right there. Can we just breathe? Wow. Yeah. And so we did. And then um, we started talking and the more I talked to her. I realized that I wasn't just doing it for other women. Like I needed to recognize that holistic self-care was important for this particular myself, black woman in ministry. And I told her that, you know, she had made me realize that. And she told me teachers teach what they need to learn. Right. And so I felt like, wow, if I, even if she had said no, I would have felt like that conversation was the conversation I was supposed to have, even if it had stopped there. Fortunately for us, it didn't stop there. She was our, yeah. our opening fireside chat. But um, so I believe that I I did it. I started off doing it for other women and I ended up really realizing that it was for myself. Like God was helping me to see that I've got to take better care of me. And the right. reason why I really focus on that. And, and I, you know, when you're doing a dissertation, you have to really focus and be specific. But I could take the same message into women in corporate America, you know, You know, if you're if you're a a woman and I can speak from my social location, like I said, black woman, we have 
carried so much for so long. Right. Um, our very DNA is traumatized. You know, people don't realize a lot of times that we we carry the trauma that we've experienced um, from our ancestors. Exactly. You know, so um, so I just thought it was very important because black women, we come into, you know, areas we have to code switch, you mm-hmm. know, in corporate America. We've got a, you know, it's it's a lot more of a um, challenge to even be a pastor when right. you're a black woman, you know, preacher, there's a lot less. And it's not just, it's not because they're not qualified. It's not because, you know, God's not calling them, but the opportunities are few and far between a lot of times. And sometimes as women, we won't walk in that um, calling fully because we don't, it's like, oh, fear. yes, fear. And we don't think there's an opportunity. Right. And so I think when you, when you focus on holistic self-care, then once you're taking better care of yourself, you can also hear from God better. You know, you, you right. hear him clearly, um, you know, that when you're not super fatigued or, or sick. Right. Um, you know, so there are women who literally in ministry work themselves into the hospital. Okay. So since you said that, why do you think as women, we neglect our self-care? I mean, we take care of everyone else, but why do you think that we, and I know you said something about trauma as well, but why do you feel that women, we just put ourselves the last at the last of the pack? Why do we feel a need to do that? Black women are living into a stereotype of a strong black woman. Wow. not, Not black women that are strong because we are strong. Right, but right. This strong black woman, it it dehumanizes us. Mm-hmm. It makes us seem like some superhuman mm-hmm. uh, character, Wonder Woman. You super, know, so, yeah, right. I was gonna say Superwoman, but yeah, it's super not woman. A superwoman. Right, that, Wonder Woman is what I was thinking yeah. of. Go ahead, Superwoman. Yeah. It, so it, it, we're living into this, and and so we we it's like we don't feel pain. We we're not hurt. We can handle right. everything. Right. And like I said, it. I mean, I hate to say it, but it does. Um, go back to slavery because you think about the black woman was trying to protect her children. Right. She was trying to support, you know, her, her man with his manhood, you know, knowing that having to watch her be sexually assaulted or groped or any other thing that right. someone, you know, in power chose to do to her and not be able to do anything because you risk your life. What that does to a man hmm. So, so black women would suck it up because they didn't want to, you know, and so there was just time after time of us trying to take care of everybody else. And even now, you know, we have these different stereotypes that kind of, um, you know, you're, you're either, you know, a a Jezebel kind of woman, or you're a mammy kind of woman, or you're a, you know, you get, um, you're dehumanized. You're, you're seen this one dimensional character that bears, you know, you're a mammy, you can take care of everyone, you know, it's just, so what, um, I mean, I think that we keep living into it because to not live into it makes you feel like you're letting someone down. You're letting your family down. You're letting exactly. society down. You're letting your coworkers down. You know, right, we just right. carry all this weight and we, we've, we've got to stop because we're killing yeah. ourselves. And that is so true. And I am definitely an advocate for self-care because I truly believe it's very important that we have our quiet moments, that we maintain a healthy mindset, whatever that means to you. I like to run normally. 
um, or exercise, try to eat health is right, and then get those still quiet moments to myself and all of that with God as well. So I think that's all a part of the self-care uh, regimen, I would say. So what challenges have you endured and how did uh, how were you able to overcome them or learn from them as well? So, of course, I had the, the challenge of infertility. And that was, a, a to me, the lesson I got from that was to realize that God is in control. Right. And then I am also, you know, I didn't want to be a, a single mom. When my doctor asked me at 39, she said, you got to make a choice. Do you want to be 50 with no mm. kids or 50 and a single parent? And I was like, I, for me, I don't like either of those options. Right. But now here I am, you know, in my 50s and a single parent because I'm divorced. Right. And that brings its own set of challenges. It was very hard for me to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. I have two young sons and I'm doing my very best to make sure that they are, are raised, you know, the way I want, you know, as God would have them to be raised as Christian young men. And so, um, again, I've had to learn that God is in control and to trust him. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm doing my best, but you know, I'm trusting him more than I'm doing my best because my best is nothing compared to his. And so, um, you know, just and just trying to um, give them, give them love, give them balance, you know, discipline, and and but also making sure that I'm present. Um, right, with, that's key not, right there, right there. Yeah. Presence, present. Mm-hmm. Yes, go ahead. That you know, because I can make the lunches and pick the clothes out and help with the homework, but if they don't get some of my actual time where I'm just focused on them. Right. So that right. that's you know, something I really work on. Um, and uh, I'm just learning that every day there's going to there's going to be a challenge. There's always going to be a challenge going on, but right. it's all in how you you prioritize God and prioritize your time with him and, and your focus on him that will help you right. through the times that get challenging and tough. Remembering that he God is all he's still God no matter what you're doing, right, right, what you think right. you got going on. Yes. Yeah. And I do like the fact that you said that you have to trust him with your single, being a single parent and a single mom. And then because when we trust him, then I'm not saying things are going to be always peachy or things, things seem to be a little easier when you can trust him in your parenting skills on what you need to be doing, how you need to approach this one, how you need to approach that one. But I like the fact that you said you have to put him first as the trust factor in your life before you can even parent your son. So that's key right there. And then learning and growing from challenges. Like you said, we have them daily. We have so I mean, sometimes one day for me is so many different challenges coming my way. But if I don't wake up in the morning, have my prayer time or or have my devotion time, and then I notice my approach may be a little different if I'm not my spirit man is not built up with the normal things that I do in the morning to get myself ready for the day. So, yeah, but I do believe that uh, with experience um, that there comes growth. So any challenge I have or any experience I'm going through, that there's some type of growth that should come from that challenge or experience in life. And that's how we grow uh, and build our spirit foundation in Christ. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so please provide encouragement for women. Uh, any topic or any route you would like to take at this moment? Well, of course, you know, holistic self-care. So I, I believe that 
you know, we need to focus on the positive. And, and for me, that means, you know, putting my focus on God, trusting mm-hmm. him. And I, I would encourage um, anyone listening right now, where, whatever day, time or whatever this is, you're not hearing this by accident. So prioritize God, focus on God, focus on the positive, and then you'll, your, your problems will start to get smaller. Um, not literally, but you will feel that they're smaller because there's a saying it says, uh, stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God yes. is. Yes. Yes. So God, right? And then yes. help things to, you know, you can deal with everything else. And so that will be my encouragement. And and that's through reading the scripture, praying, having quiet meditation time, right. whatever it is you need to do to get your your spirit centered and focused on God. Right. Wow. Well said. Well said. And so lastly, did you expect to be where you are today? If you look back over your life, did you expect to be where you're at today? I mean, ministry, you're doing some amazing things. You're focused, um, many projects. Um, So did you expect a great profession as well? So did you expect to be here today? No. (laughs) <laughs> I did wow. not. So wow. I, uh, I, I knew you was going to say that, but go ahead. No, I, it's so funny because first of all, I never, when I got through with undergrad at the university of Texas at Austin, I never thought I would go back to school at all. You know, I never thought I'd be getting a postgraduate degree, much less, much less a doctorate. Um, I also, um, did not expect to be called to ministry. When I was receiving my calling, I kept saying, God, you know me. Really? This is what we're right, going to Right, right. You know, right. like. <laughs> but, not but me, my, God. You're not talking to me. <laughs> right. But my pastor asked me to read John 15 and have an upper room experience. And uh, John 15, 16 jumped out at me and it said, I chose you. Wow. And I said, God, I'm not worthy. And and what God mm-hmm. said back to me was, that is exactly why I can use you, because you realize that you're not worthy. Said, you're all like filthy rags to me. Like no one is worthy. No one. You know, so once you realize that and, and you don't, you realize you're not perfect and God, God knows better than anybody you're not perfect. And so when he chooses to use you, he chooses to use the gifts, though, that he's given to you. He wants you to come to him fully who, who you are. Right. Um, I was told, don't come if you've got a sense of humor, if you're very mm. feminine, don't try to change, you know, to what you think God wants. God knows exactly called you. Right. So, um, yeah, I didn't expect it. I'm, I'm, I'm loving every new thing. I live my life very open. Um, when people call me and ask me to do things, I very rarely say no, because I feel like I never know what God has, That's you know, right. in store for me or for them or both. And so um I just yeah, I'm 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 walking in it and and I'm really I am actually very much enjoying, you know, where I am in my life right now. And it comes across through our conversation as well. It really does. So you're doing some amazing things. I just want to encourage you to keep going and to keep trusting and keep praying and you know, whatever God has for you is for you. So that is the bottom line. So can you share your social media platforms, please? Absolutely. So I have uh, Reverend Dr. Spice, that's R-E-V-D-R-S-P-I-C-E um, underscore A-K-A Tamla Wilson. If you put in Reverend Dr. Spice, that's on Instagram. Okay. Um, I have 
the Waiting Room Infertility Ministry, which is TWR Infertility Ministry on Instagram. I'm Tamla Wilson on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, Tamla, so much for being a part of the She is Grief. Uh, my apologies. She is Grace podcast today. Thank you for having me and, and blessings on you and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. This is D.L. Hicks, and I thank you for tuning in today. Always live your truth unapologetically. Peace and blessings always.